0: What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Booth, your go-to podcast for all things concerning events, where we literally have you covered from A to Z. E. Yes, I said A to E, not A to Z. If this is your first time joining us, let me break it down for you what that means. A. If you're an attendee. B. If you're a bride. C. If you're a coordinator. D. If you're a DJ. E. Everyone else, we literally have you covered all things concerning events. I'm your host, Marcus, and if you haven't already done so, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you stay up to date with all the content that we're putting together for you. And be sure to share this with a friend. And if you could do me a huge favor, I would greatly appreciate it if you went to apple podcast leave us a review just tell the world exactly what you guys think and how you're enjoying this podcast how it's giving you insight ideas helping you build a community i would greatly 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 appreciate it now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode which i'm going to be flat honest we are literally talking predominantly to the djs today but if you're not a dj no worries a lot of the things i'm going to talk about today you could be able to benefit as far as like what to listen for, what to look for, if you're planning an event, what to talk to your DJ about to kind of help you coordinate and plan and strategize the the timeline for your event. And for DJs, I'm going to be flat out, today I want to talk about a very interesting subject which actually kind of boils down to a lost art, and I'm going to talk about how to be your own opening DJ. Yes, you have to be your own opening DJ, especially if you're DJing for a long period of time, which means you need to be very strategic in what you play, when you play it, how you play it, and kind of letting things build accordingly. Me personally, inside tip, (laughs) I kind of have a multi-personality thing kind of going on in my head where when it's time to do you know, really bring the energy and light of the dance floor and bring everybody involved and good, just high energy and dancing and engagement and all of that. Then I turned into DJ Ignite because fun fact, that's actually how I got the name DJ Ignite and how, where it all was birthed from, um, just being focused on just lighting up the dance floor. And to be honest with you, it was lighting up the dance floor whenever I would be on the turntable. So it didn't matter if I was opening or if I was closing, but as I step out more into my own and was doing more of my own events where I was the opener, the closer, and everything in between, I really had to save that energy level of DJ Knight for more towards the end, but I would be the opening DJ myself, being Marcus, I would be the opening DJ Marcus's musicality, my um, just taste for music, how I'm vibing that day, whether I'm feeling soulful, whether I'm feeling funky, whether I'm feeling nostalgic and kind of feeling like 80s or 70s or 90s or early 2000s, if I'm feeling like popish, if I'm feeling alternative, you know, just whatever vibe I'm feeling, whether it be when I'm loading up the car to get ready to go or on the drive to the venue or even unpacking and unloading the venue, kind of that vibe that I'm feeling at the time that kind of helps me get to a place to be ready to go because I already know you can, you know, when it comes to packing on the dance floor, dropping that top 40, dropping those things that everybody likes, whether it be those, those infamous hits, those radio hits, whether regardless of the genre, those are definitely going to pack the dance floor. That may not be the most best strategy, especially to begin the night. So you kind of have to plan accordingly and put your strategy together accordingly, and that's when you kind of have to designate your opening set, kind of like your mid set, and then of course the party set or the closing set, or you know the 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 prime time set, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to nickname it, whatever you want to dub it, um, because it's gonna start first and foremost with your organization. Now, I gave a lot of tips about organization, both from a DJ standpoint and well beyond um, DJing in one of the previous episodes. You can always go back and check that out. But organization really is key, especially when you have your fingers on 30,000 songs. How do you narrow that down to concise and kind of style out the genre and, and, and play and filter in the flow? It really is going to break boil down to your... Your personal organizational style and your personal organizational preference. If simply breaking it down by, you know, genre works for you, or decade works for you, or year works for you, I mean, do whatever works best for you. I know some people that organize down to subgenre on subgenre of subgenre. Like they'll mix, they'll put like, okay, 90s for one folder altogether. And then they'll do like 90s hip hop from. so-and-so just you know from x year to x year or they'll do and then they'll go um 90s east coast hip hop 90s west coast hip hop it's like it really helps them dissect where they're going to pull x artists from when they're thinking about it or where they're looking at it because as you're thinking about it and you're in the moment and you're in the flow and you're going with it it's that is what matters to be able to function and flow to the best of your ability um being your own DJ, being your own opening DJ. That's the kind of like the mind shift that you need to have. You need to have that. How am I vibing? How am I feeling? And then just going from there in in a way where it's not about trying to get people, you know, particularly on the dance floor or trying to get people up and dancing and trying to get the energy very high from the very beginning. Like you want the energy to start to accumulate. Absolutely. But you got to understand first and foremost that it does start with you. So starting with Where your vibe is, you know, earlier in the day. Where your vibe has been throughout the week. What's, you know, what have you been kind of humming in your head, you know, personally when, you know, in your own personal downtime or in your your own, you know, personal listening on Apple Music or on Spotify. Taking that and, of course, molding it accordingly. I mean, if, you know, hard rock has been in your head all week And you're going to doing this family event, probably not the best to open up with that, but, (laughs) but kind of where the intention is or intention lies is a good place to start for sure. Now, again, you have to remember that you have to plan your sets and I do mean sets plural accordingly, uh, to match The timeline of the event or the timeline of the evening. I mean, let's start rudimentary. So you're doing a, let's say a school dance. And the school dance is only about two to three hours long. Now, as the students are arriving, absolutely playing, you know, those favorite hits and those favorite songs and artists that really resonate with them from the beginning the moment they're walking in the door not so much a good idea i mean their mind frame isn't there yet they're you know they're just not coming in they're just now engaging in the event in the evening whether it be homecoming prom whatever winter formal and so they're worried, they're thinking about catching up with their friends, uh, finding a place to sit, stand, talk, get something to eat, get something to drink. They're not thinking about, oh, let me run straight to the dance floor. Uh, they're thinking about finding their other friends, taking, their, you know, taking pictures, um, waiting for some more of their friends to arrive. They're thinking about all of these things in that first, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, 45 minutes that playing immediately... Hard on popular artists and popular songs, not exactly the best idea, but however, creating a vibe that they're walking into begins to set that tone where the energy gets to kind of get to stew and metal until... It is time to really turn it up and start turning it on for them to really dance and engage. So like like I said, if we're doing like a school dance, school dance is three hours long, we got to anticipate like that first hour per se, it's not going to be spent too much necessarily on the dance floor, but you don't want it to be absolutely bone dry dead anyway, up until that point. So you want to think about where you're going to play. That's a good tempo that's good bpm that's you know good vibe that's good things for people to kind of you know just enjoy without realizing that they're really enjoying it and playing it i mentioned you know sometimes me personally like i'm feeling funky so that doesn't mean you know just pulling out stuff nonstop from the 70s but i can pull out some dua lipa or because she's got a lot of songs that's got like a nice funky vibe to it um remixes of of Things of modern songs are not too far away songs that kind of have like a different um, rhythm to it that kind of gives it more of a funky vibe to play on that so it's not just going necessarily having to go old to go with it but finding those gems that play on that and literally I have I me mean personally like I have a funky playlist and that funky playlist is not with it doesn't match my like my 70s playlist um, so going back to organization really quickly that's why you got to know you got to know got to know got to know where your songs are where your artists are where your genres are um you know i have an an opener playlist i have a um you know a closing playlist i have a you know prime time playlist you know these all kind of categorized by the vibe that they create when's a good time to play them i mean playing my prime time in the first opening minutes, not a good idea. Praying your opening stuff like later on during like prime time, not exactly a good idea. But they fit perfectly in the time frame of the event in which we're speaking of. So going back to the school dance, three hours long. Now have this nice vibe that's kind of stewing there um, or even some light EDM that's got like that summer bounce to it. That's not too heavy, not too heavy on the, you know, once we boom, 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 boom. But it's still some good things to give, uh, you know, some, some good to go with as they're walking in. Like you can play off like Calvin Harris, my way or something. And then as the, the day is progressing, as the dance is progressing, then start to turn it up, turn it up and start cranking the energy up, bring the energy up, bring the energy up. And then that's when you start to really rotate it. So you have high energy, everybody's dancing, rolling up a storm, you know, starting to sweat around, but you don't want to keep it at that high energy, 128, 130 BPM, you know, flip it. And then that's when you go into the seventies and eighties, BPM wise by dropping like hip hop joints that are popular. And now start playing those artists and those songs that resonate, that are popular, that speak to the audience, which you are DJing to. Now, again, some schools, they're, you know, overall, you can tell the students are more into X amount, like whether it be um, they're more in the country or it's like a private school. So they're more into, they want to hear like, you know, Christian bands and alternative and things like that. Or they're more of an urban type school. So they do like more hip hop and whatnot. So then you can start to lean in more on what the demographic dictates, what um, the audience dictates. And then building the energy up again as it's rolling and going from, you know, 80-something BPM to 90-something BPM to 100 BPM to 115, back to 128, 127, 130, and then next thing you know, start the cycle again, you know, just go, quote-unquote, slow it down while you're dropping in, you know, those hip-hop joints, and then now they're not dancing as hard, but they're singing still, and they're enjoying, and they're having a good time, and all of that, so... you're, you're playing to it, and then you can start to, okay, we're at two hours and 30 minutes. Let's kind of like go really, really hard to top it off encore 10, 15 minutes, and then about 45, when you only have 15 minutes left, start to dial it back, start to pull out those songs that you know that kids will just sing along to. You know what I mean? So that way when it's over and that third hour hits and the light comes up and it's like, okay, y'all got to go home. Parents are here to pick y'all up or y'all got to go, whatever. Then it's time for them to go. And it's not a complete dead halt or a complete dead stop. Like it's starting to get that, Oh wait, this is kind of wrapping up and people start making their way to the exit properly, not making their way to the exit in that first hour because you're, you know, you're, playing the vibe you're playing along the along the lines and not just going with oh this is hot this is top 40 these are popular artists I'm going to go like completely full throttle with this in this area in that first hour from that first minute from that first second that I start playing that's not gonna work so understanding the art of the opening DJ is a lost art in general Um, somebody once told me when I when I was kind of asking them in passing one day when they got done DJing an awesome set at this one club that we were at and just asked them about it. And they told me flat out that the opener has become a lost art. The, the fun, the challenge, the growth, the sharpening of the opening DJ. Is the fact that you have to create the energy, create the buzz, get the flow of the night started without tapping into those popular songs that get instant responses because it is popular, because it is well known, because it is a favorite. So how are you going to do that without pulling into those tools so literally you have to be much more creative you have to think outside the box you have to come with a plan that gives you the energy that's needed to start the night going so that when it's time for the headliner or the closing dj to come in and do what they do and just really maximize the 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 dance floor and the dancing time and the you know the hands in the air and the jumping and screaming and everybody having a great time and a lot of photo moments and a lot of video moments and those those highlights of the event, then you've done your job versus them having to build it themselves, burning down their set time to start something and then now they're going to play it. Because worst case scenario is when the opening DJ... Is playing stuff that the headliner is gonna play? so then the audience is hearing the same song multiple times. Um, so you have to be adaptable. You have to be flexible. And so being your own opening DJ says puts you in two different frames of mind where one, okay, I'm gonna get this thing started. This is the vibe that we're going to create. And now when it's time to really turn it up and turn it on, we switched gears and now I'm the closing DJ. Now I'm the headliner. Let's go. Let's party. Now for longer affairs, such as weddings, for example, you really have to compartmentalize your role to the event itself. And again, this is where strategy is important. Organization is essential. um, And adaptability is also largely important. Knowing your role Now, when people are when guests are arriving and you're the DJ and you're playing while guests are arriving, that's not the time to mix it up and go crazy and like start having that same tone setting. Like I mentioned with if you were DJ in the first hour of like a school dance, I mean, the guests are arriving for this lovely affair. Uh, I mean, so you can definitely gauge by the dress Some are like more business casual. Some are a little bit more formal. Some are just flat out casual. So still playing to that mixed with how you've communicated beforehand with the bride and groom and the coordinator. What way to go about starting the the entire affair, i.e. starting the ceremony. And so that will determine if you need to go You know a lot of violin quartet music or just love song after love song after love song or instrumental or keep it acoustic um those smaller things and letting it play but letting there be no dead air so but while the other one's starting to fade out and starting to end you're rolling right into the next song and believe me as an attendee it helps that 30 minutes that they arrived before the ceremony was set to start feel like it's been five minutes The music's going, they're talking to people, they're seeing people they probably haven't seen in a long time, especially with things the way they are now, you know, they're, and when things do open up even more so, they're seeing people they haven't seen or physically been around in a very long time, so they're catching up with them, having the proper background music with there being no dead drop air, that helps the attendee automatically be in a much better place. Mentally and emotionally to really enjoy and take in the ceremony, which is the main reason why they're there. Of course, play the songs during the ceremony that you were asked to play, you know. When the bridal party comes down, play this song. When the flower girl and the ring bearer go down, play this song. When the bride comes down, play this song. Uh, When they do, if they do something extra or something special, like a sand merging ceremony or communion or anything like that, play this song. Um, Departure, you know, you may now kiss the bride. Play this song. Play the song you're supposed to play. (laughs) Don't deviate. Don't try to mix it up. Don't try to add flair. It's not the time right now you are the musical attaché to this event now you go straight from the ceremony to cocktail hour okay cocktail hour now is again finding that fun bpm that fun vibe where if it's a legitimate cocktail hour and it's an hour long where it's good energy and you're not trying you're not intending on pushing it to the degree where people come and you want to try to get them dancing or something like that. You want to create a nice buzz, a nice vibe, a nice groove for, you know, people while they're, you know, at the bar or, or getting hors d'oeuvres or standing around talking to friends or playing yard games. Cause I've, I've had weddings even at proper, not proper, but at nicer venues, they brought like cornhole and they brought up, um, uh, different little you know games again for their for their guests because that's just the vibe that they they have with their friends and family they're they're fun like that and it works like that so now playing something accordingly um you know this is the type of couple that they are so hey going with some good country songs now would be great um this is the type of uh, couple that they are going you know a little bit early 2000s or 90s or early 2010s Playing into those would be a good choice. They're fun. It's sing-alongable. Oh, look at the audience. The audience is a little more, you know, upper middle age. Pull out some classic rock, you know, things like that. Reading the audience, of course, after you consult, not consult during, but that's when all the pre-ceremony and pre-day meetings are about. Um, It's about, you know, getting to kind of know the heart, the mind, the genre preferences of, you know, your client. So although they may physically not be there, you're still representing them even in their absence by playing to the things that they like, things that they enjoy that resonate with the group of people that they're there. Now transition. Now we're going to dinner. You're back to being background. You're back to being atmosphere. Play accordingly. Just make sure there's no dead air, no dead space. You're not trying to turn it up. You're not trying to. Now is not the time. It's dinner. You know, playing Little John. Or Pitbull, while people are trying to eat, not exactly the best. No, (laughs) no, ain't it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So right now, set the atmosphere and just be background and enjoy being background and let it go, let it flow. Me personally, I like to still manually do this. Uh, I know other people, this is the time when they themselves would release themselves to eat. So they'll just put on a very simple playlist of songs that still tend to setting the atmosphere and being background and playing accordingly but that's up to your discretion but most importantly know your role at that particular point in time now again in communication with the coordinator okay now we're getting ready to go to you know the the first dances and things like that you know go into that now if you're going straight from those first dances to you know open up the dance floor that is a much harder transition because literally you're going zero to 60 in 0.3 seconds. Like you're expected to go zero to 60 in 0.3 seconds. Like Tesla ludicrous fast. (laughs) You, because the anticipation is okay, now let's go. Everybody's, you know, been sitting down and having dinner and they've been listening to the toast and they watched, uh, the, The mother-son dance, the father-daughter dance. They watched, you know, the couples dance. They watched the grandparents dance, whatever. Um, You know, key dances. Now we're opening up the floor. The people have been antsy. Now it's their moment. Now it's their time. Now it's time to turn it on and go, you know, all the way up. No pun intended. Um, Now it's time to really get it started. What are you going to do that that triggers that, that kickstarts that? That's when you have to be very sure with the direction that you want to take it and how fast you want to take it there. Um, a safe way is to jump straight into those one of those everybody dance songs, whether it be um, Cupid Shuffle or Cha-Cha Slide or something like that, just to kind of get everybody involved and then segue into those hot songs that, that play to the crowd, that popular genres that were already pre-discussed between you and the client. And now going into that, um, a very bold way about it would be going on wordplay and going, being like a DJ intro. And I don't mean DJ intro, like DJ so-and-so now in the mix. I'm not talking about one of those. I'm talking about like um, a popular one is like uh, Jermaine Dupree. Uh, now you got five seconds to hit the dance floor before this place is about to glow. Let's go, you know, and just using like a DJ loop to kind of get us. Let's start this thing, all right, all right. Let's start this thing, all right, all right. You know what I mean? Kind of like w- going into that, and then boom, start jumping into the actual legitimate songs that will play to the audience that you have. So that's when it gets tricky. Like I said, that's a very boldy move. Because you may fall flat on your face, <laughs> but the thing about DJing is that if you fall flat on your face and you realize you're you know falling flat on your face, you can always bail, transition, and jump songs until you find that right song. I cannot tell you how many ones where it was like, "I'm going, I'm DJing. This is what the client said they liked. Nobody's getting up. Nobody's dancing. Uh, just random. Just I'm gonna throw some that clean coal." everybody got up and hit the dance floor and started dancing like are you kidding me? What? <laughs> what, what did I like unforgettable brought everybody to the dance floor. Who would have thought? But that's where that's where it's you know it's fun to be a DJ. You know in your in your moments of of failures or flops you can you know quickly bail adjust change course and still ultimately play to the audience until you find that winning spot and then going back to the wedding, and then it's up to the, again, the client, I've, one of the funnest weddings I've ever done, was where I was DJing for this one couple, and the party was going, the party was on, once we opened the dance floor, like, the party was on, and they were like, you know what, bouquet toss, garter toss, grand exit, bump it, we don't need to do it, we're good, like, just throw it out the window, let's just party, (laughs) now, there are others that are like, nope, at 7.42 p.m. We have to do the bokeh toss. You know, you have to be able to accommodate that. You have to be able to begin to taper the energy enough to, to, to go there to where it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like you're, it's, it's almost 7.42. You want to start really playing songs that really cater to the ladies. So now ladies are really on the dance floor. Why? Because, you know, you're, you're playing all these songs that the girls are out there and they're dancing and they're singing and then stop you know, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. Well, guess what? Most of them are already on the dance floor. <laughs> Go ahead, do the bouquet toss, do the garter toss. And then, you know, playing right back into it, reading the audience, playing to who's still there. Um, and then, of course, flowing the rest of the night out. Know your role. And I know that it started off with, you know, being your own opening DJ, but that's kind of what it means to to really break into sets how you're going to approach DJing your event. There's been times that I've had to DJ for like eight hours straight, not eight hours, but you know, roughly about six hours. Um, Like for, for a, uh, for a, a philanthropic event that I'm lovely and heavily involved with. How am I going to coordinate you know, DJing for this many hours? what songs am I going to play where I'm not playing the same song at three o'clock that I did at one o'clock, unless it's intentional. Like sometimes, you know, I would intentionally kind of set a theme. Like you play one particular song because it wrangle, it rallies around the event. It rallies around the theme of the event. It rallies around the cause. It rally around the organization. And then, you know, jump back to whatever, um, to whatever song. But other than that, intentionally not having repeats, not randomly playing, Justin Timberlake, you know, can't stop the feeling and then like 45 minutes later I'm playing Justin Timberlake can't stop the feeling and then an hour later I'm playing Justin Timberlake can't stop the feeling it you you have to have more creativity than that. You have to be more compartmentalized like that. So even in those type of events, you know, where you're playing for a long period of time, you're like, "Okay, this is my opening, you know, set. This opening set is going to be for two hours. This mid-range set that's going to be, you know, a good high range for the day that's going to really start peaking the energy is going to be these next two hours. In these last two hours, you know, we're going heavy. We're going, you know, high energy. We're going with songs that people can sing regardless of the age, regardless of the genre. And we're just going no holes barred and we're going to let it rip. So I hope this helps to help you uh, strategize. I hope this helps coming up with the idea of how to be your own Opening DJ, so that way you don't get in your own way as the event goes on, um, and end up pinning yourself in a corner because you've already played all the hot songs, and now it's like you have another hour to DJ, and you're like, oh boy, what am I gonna play? Oh boy, how am I gonna make it? Fifty eight minutes and twenty seven seconds left. ay yeah, like how am I? How am I gonna finish this? It helps to have that level of thoughtfulness to say you know what I'm my own opening DJ this is my opening side this is what I'm gonna do this is my headliner side because now it's time to headline and get this party going get this party rolling get the energy up get the hands in the air get the people dancing get the people screaming you know having a great time this is me gonna do that I'm gonna transition between this this part of me to that part of me at you know the halfway mark at the one quarter mark at the three quarters mark whatever's appropriate and There you go. So DJs, I hope this helps you kind of strategize attendees. I hope this kind of gives you ideas of what to listen to and why you're like can zone out and really enjoy the event from start to finish. Coordinators, I hope this helps you. Ask the questions of the DJ, like, okay, to help strategize this, the event that we're doing, this, we're doing a fundraiser, this kind of how we want the night to flow from this time to this time, just, it's going to be free for all, silent auctions, stuff like that. From this time to this time, we're going to actually have some speeches this time to this time. We're going to be doing this, that, and the other, and putting a musical game plan together. If you're a bride, it is very important to make sure that the DJ understands Your heart, the stuff that you like, the stuff that musically represents you, your journey, the things that are sentimental to you and your groom and really resonates with your family and your friends to really be the soundtrack for your big day. And everybody else, I hope you just enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Catch you on the next one. Trust me, I will be talking... A lot more to different facets of events and the people involved with said events. Uh, we're going to be talking about the importance of collaboration. Um, oh, I'm excited about that one. That one's going to be straight fire. So, that one's coming out this Thursday. If you haven't already done so, please be sure to hit that subscribe button. And like I said, I would love to hear from you. Hit me up, shoot me a DM, or just flat out follow me on Instagram at DJ Ignite, the number one. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.